We're good. Uh, hey, everybody. Did you did you guys fuck up your resolutions? Um, did you fuck up your resolutions? Did you fuck up your resolutions? And are you ready to spiral? I didn't make resolutions because I was above it. And I wrote a piece for Substack talking a lot of shit about how the way you fulfill your resolution is you don't start on New Year's. It's insane to me that people will be like, I'm getting sober next year. And then like cheers their fucking like fifth champagne at midnight to sobriety and then they wake up fucking hungover and it, it you just feel like all right well i already fucked that up i guess we'll go for like 2024 it's it's nuts you have to actually so the, the advice that i give which now is uh too late but the advice that i gave uh is if you want to start uh a resolution you have to start ahead of time. So what I did was I started ahead of time and I went into my gym and all of my trainers are so much bigger and hotter than me. They're all bigger than me and they're all hotter than me. They're very tall. I have to look up to them. It's very, it's, it's embarrassing. And one of my trainers goes, uh, Oh, I put on uh, 10 pounds over the holidays with my girl. And I was just like, you fat fuck, not me. Way not to be disciplined, tall, hot guy. I was like, I just fucking stayed healthy. I wrote a little piece about it, blah, blah, blah. And then something happened this, the day after New Year's where I went crazy. I got depressed. I started, I like, watched porn for the first time in a really long time. Then I was like, you know what goes good with porn? Sonic. And then I got like, I got a bag of mozzarella sticks that was heavy. I've never ordered <laughs> fast food and been like, Ugh! like when he handed it through the fucking window, I was like, this is really heavy. I must've eaten. I mean, I don't know how many come into large. But I must have eaten like 20 mozzarella. I ate so many mozzarella sticks. And my mouth was just, it was a cavern of salt and sadness. And I didn't even use the sauce. I burned my mouth. So that was another thing. Uh, didn't care. Kept going. And then I just hated myself. And then last night, I was supposed to have a date. We'll talk about that a little bit. I, I don't want to get too personal. I had a... It's fine. We'll talk about that in a bit. We'll talk about it in a new segment. Oops, Jamie fucked up. Um, but then there's going to be a segment after that called Oops, Jamie knows how to fix it and he's going to fix it. Um, so the uh, yesterday, same deal. I ate healthy all day. And then at night, instead of going on a date, I just went like gallivanting because I was like, fuck this. It was a little less sad than Sonic, but I went to go see like the Christmas lights at Mozart, which I hadn't seen before. And I was like, do you guys have food? And they're like, we have brownies and ice cream. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do that. And then I over it again. And then I woke up and I felt like shit. Now, the reason I'm going to say that is because I guess technically I fucked up too. Um, my plan was to do an opening monologue about fucking up your New Year's resolution, 
what was not part of my plan was that I also would fuck up my new year's resolution. And again, I didn't make specific resolutions. I'm just on this fucking path right now. I'm on this fucking mission where I just want to be the best fucking version of myself. And that includes, um, eating healthy. That includes not looking at porn. That includes working out, blah, blah, blah. So I am taking drastic measures and I think that you should take drastic measures too. And the reason I think you should take drastic measures is not because I think if you look at porn, you're a bad person is not, I mean, you're going to hell, but like, it's not just kidding. Um, I don't believe in hell. I don't think, um, I do believe in the devil. That's another story. Again, we'll have a segment. Is the devil real? Um, <laughs> we'll have a segment called, was that Jamie who made a mistake or was it the devil? And then the third option is did Jamie make a mistake and he's blaming the devil. That's going to be my new thing. Um, sorry, girl. Can't see you again. It's probably the devil. Um, so the reason it has to be drastic is because when I make these mistakes, I don't feel good. Like I feel bad immediately. Yet, we live in a society that tells us those mistakes are going to make us feel good. So, like, when I write myself to remind myself to be healthy, I don't write, like, stop being a fucking fat idiot or stop being weak or whatever. I wrote to myself, like, you don't feel good. It's just logic. And if you don't feel good when you, when you get drunk or when you're hungover, or when you overeat, or when you fucking go on a fucking Sonic mozzarella stick Pornhub bender, right? If you don't feel good, then why wouldn't you want to be drastic? If you don't feel good, then why would you want to just taper down? If every time you fucking do it, look, if I just went to watch Christmas lights and had brownie and ice cream, I actually think that's really lovely. And I think that's fine, right? I'm not saying you have to be a psychopath, but when I ate the brownie and ice cream, my stupid addict brain kicked in and I go, well, you're already fucked up tonight. Let's eat like some fucking a ton of pasta too. And I wasn't even hungry. I was full. You should not, guys, this is what you tell children, but I think adults need to hear it more. You should not eat past you being full. You should feel good. Period. You should just feel good. You shouldn't feel like, oh, me. There was a Chinese restaurant that we used to go to as a family and we would eat so much that we would have to go take laps. I've I think I've talked about this. We would have to go take laps around the block and then would come back. But the laps were one, so we didn't throw up, but two, so we could work off the food so we could eat more food. Um, we were like kings of days of old where we would just like make ourselves throw up so we could like be gluttonous and like eat more food. Um, completely fucking insane. Anyone who grew up poor, anyone who grew up with a bunch of siblings, it's like there is this constant um, like, uh, I'm a 40 year old, I'm a 40 year old man. I go to a buffet and I am eating like the depression might start when I leave. Like I go fucking nuts. There's just this mentality where the food's in front of you and you just go fucking nuts. Um, trainers say this all the time. Like you should look at food as fuel. 
Um, and we don't. We look at it as this will make me feel better about my breakup or this is going to whatever, or I have a really shitty day. I do this all the time. I have a really shitty day. So I'm going to treat myself to pizza. We use the words treat ourselves, And then an hour later, we're like, Oh, is it my left side or right side? You're supposed to lie on when you eat too much. Like, dude, I think I gave myself an ear infection from like lying too much on this side because I was lying on the side because my stomach hurts so much. It's a fucking disaster. So look, I'm going to do that stupid 75 hard thing. If you guys don't remember the 75 hard thing was something I talked about. It's my friend, Andy Forsella's program. It's very popular. Um, it's 75 days, no cheap meal, no alcohol, two workouts a day, read 10 pages uh, a day, gallon of water a day and, and stick to a diet. Um, and I talked about that very heavily on this show. And then I stopped talking about it because I failed <laughs> and I, I fucked up. Uh, and then I deleted the app because I'm like, whatever, I'm injured. I'm going to find a way to do it because you have to. Guys, this is all we have, right? And a lot of people say, well, this is all we have. So why don't we be fucking hedonistic. This is the one life. So I'm just going to fuck as many people as I want. I'm going to get as drunk as I want, like party, party, party. But you forget what that leads to, you know, like you forget that a lot of the one night stands we've had make us feel empty inside that a lot of the times we hook up when we know we probably shouldn't, it could lead to drama. It could lead to you hurting someone. It could lead to you getting hurt. Um, we know that alcohol is poison and literally leads to being hungover. We know that, yeah, man, it's fun to go out and eat a lot with your friends and whatever. But the next day, a lot of times we wake up hating ourselves. Um, I have met people who are fat activists, like that's what they call themselves. And I've seen them when they're not writing. And a lot of times they're miserable and they're talking about it's because of food. Um, I do not think that there is a certain way you have to look. There are bigger framed people who are way healthier than a lot of these like skinny hipster fucks who can just like down really unhealthy food and their arteries are being destroyed, but they look like they're healthy. Um, this has nothing to do with looks. This has to do with how you feel. And if you feel bad about yourself, every time you go, fuck it, you know, I'm just gonna look at porn or fuck it. I'm just going to eat this shitty, uh, shitty food because you feel like you're not strong enough. Fuck that man. Like you are a hundred percent, strong enough. Is it hard? Yes, absolutely. It's fucking hard. But the whole point of this 75 hard challenge is it, if you can do this, it builds the discipline to do all the other things in your life. So for example, the, the week I was doing really well was Christmas week. And because I was saying no to shitty food, because I was saying no to alcohol, I was also saying yes to waking up early. Because I was saying yes to waking up early, I was saying yes to making my bed. Because I made my bed, I was meditating. Because I was meditating, I was writing more than I've ever written. I posted a video, uh, I think I posted a video a day. Um, I wrote three Substack pieces, which blew up. Um, I fucking crushed it. 
Uh, I'm doing the podcast. I did a Patreon podcast uh, during our off week. Every decision I made, it was easier for me to say no to unhealthy hookups. It was easier for me. Every good decision leads to another good decision. Every time I fucked up just a little bit in the morning. Right. So I have this like romantic night with a girl. So the next morning I just, I treat myself and I don't wait an hour before I look at my phone. Usually I read, I look at my phone in an hour. I look at my phone right away to see if she fucking texted and, uh, my entire day was fucked. That was the, that was the day I spiraled the entire day. And now maybe you guys are like, well, Jamie, you're weak. <laughs> like come back from it, man. And there are absolutely times I can come back from it, but sometimes, uh, you don't come back from it. And sometimes just like those good decisions lead to good decisions, the little bad decisions lead to bad decisions. And if you have lived your life telling yourself that you're just lazy or that you're weak or that you're not an athlete or that you're never going to have a six pack or that you're always going to be depressed or that you're never going to find the love of your life. That is a lot to overcome. That's a lot. And you have to prove to yourself that you can change. And if you have 20, 30, 40 years of that narrative, sometimes all it takes is walking past your bedroom, looking at a fucking messy room and going, see, man, I'm a piece of shit. This is why I don't have a girl. You know, what's even the fucking point of going to the gym? And then the spiral fucking starts. And that sounds silly, but if you really, really think about it, I bet you fucking money that everybody listening to this show, something little has set us up. I mean, think about tempers, right? Think about you're, you're fucking mad at your girlfriend and you don't want to say anything and you don't want to start a fight, right? You're like, I'm not going to say anything. And then you go to work and your boss is being a dick to you and you're like, okay, just fucking, I just got to get through the day, whatever. Then... You fucking get in your car and some dude fucking cuts you off and you're like, I'm going to fucking murder this person, right? You go from like, I'm just being calm. I'm being cool to like, you fucking cunt piece of, I'll fucking kill your family. And you're losing it, right? So many times the little thing will set us off, but it's because we're ignoring the big things. So it's the same way with building good habits. You have to have a fucking proven track record, a string of positive things you did to outweigh the negative. It's the same with we, we've talked about on this show um, with positive comments versus negative comments. I wrote a piece on my Substack, which you guys can go to, I think it's substack.jamiehilstein.com. Can someone punch that up? I always, I want to figure out how to, because I'm going to write on it multiple times a week um, and just like hook up the link and you can get on mic. Um, I wrote a piece called like from suicidal and homeless to the best year of my life. And I got, hundreds of messages that are literally like, you're changing people's lives, man. You saved my life L without you. I wouldn't, I mean the nicest stuff, the nicest stuff that I half read pretty much ignored and assumed they were just like placating me. Your link is just jamiekilstein.substack.com. Thank you. jamiekilstein.substack.com. You guys can subscribe for free. Uh, there's a paid option, but I haven't done any paid stuff yet. Um, but if you want to support it, fuck it. Uh, but you can sign up for free. I wrote about uh, Lex Friedman, which we'll talk about. I wrote this piece and I wrote the New Year's resolution piece. 
um, over break. So the, uh, and I get one negative comment, you know, and I just fucking, that's what I focus on. And you hear artists talk about that all the time, but that also applies to your regular life. You're going to miss so many of the positive things you do and accomplish. And it's just going to take one negative thing to throw you off, which is why you have to be so purposeful and so deliberate and then give yourself praise when you do the good thing and let that uh, lead to the good thing. So if you fucked up your new year's resolution, it's just a day, man. It's an arbitrary fucking day and an arbitrary number. You were doing it because something in your life was missing. Why just because a day? So today was the last two days. No, today. Today was the healthiest day I've been. I got some of, I got so much good career advice. I'm not saying that like the universe rewarded me, but I really do feel like when you are aligned and when you are making the right decisions, oftentimes the right people, the opportunities come into your life. And not only do they come into your life, but you're fucking like ready for them. So like when I got this news, I was like, yep, like just owned it. Like, damn right. Yes. Yes. We're going to fucking do this. So start right now. Start right now. Start right now. And for the love of God, this is where I always fail. Don't do the thing where you go, all right, I'm going to start tomorrow. So today I'm going to derail because it makes it so much harder and it's not fun and it's not exciting. And I know you want to start in the morning and maybe you already had like fucking cheesecake for breakfast or whatever. I'm telling you, the more you eat like shit or drink, like your body becomes addicted to sugar, to alcohol, to whatever, it's going to be that much harder. So just fucking start, just start now. Um, okay. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name is Jamie Kilstein. The podcast is called Advice Not Taken uh, because, as we just saw when I wrote a piece, three, I wrote the piece, I wrote the piece on New Year's resolutions on like the 28th, and then I fucked up my own advice on the first. Uh, so like... <laughs> True to form, everybody. Uh, if this podcast is uh, something that's not, it's not a lie. Um, quick announcements. Guys, rate and review the show. You can do that on iTunes. You can do it on Spotify. Huge thank you to everyone who's already done it. All you got to do, give it five stars. Go me likey. Um, that'll make me very happy. Uh, if you want to support me, this is just a me thing. You can go to patreon.com slash Jamie Kilstein. Guys, I'm going to be real. The Patreon slash my life is hemorrhaging money. And I think the reason is lots of, we're putting out more content than ever. I'm getting more positive feedback than ever. But I think... One, I can take responsibility. I'm doing less Patreon episodes, so I'm going to start doing them weekly again. Um, but two, I think people see the fancy studio we're in and they assume we're all rich. Uh, Sarah, Corey, Jamie, on the count of three, uh, do any of us have health insurance? One, two, three. No. no. Yes. Uh, yeah, Sarah. <laughs> oh, wait, you have another job, don't you? I have another job and I'm 24. Oh, well, so. fuck you. Are you on your parents? <laughs> yes. Can me and Corey get on your parents' health insurance? I have to marry you both. All right. Well. To Utah. Well. Uh, uh, um, sorry. Wait. Wait. Well. Well. 
<laughs> oh man. Wait, are you guys getting married? What? Are oh, we not, getting married? Not yet. No. Oh, good. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm just I, thinking about two husbands in a Yeah, I'm wondering scenario. if they do that. Because that's reverse. Here's what would happen. I mean, Anyone listening to this show goes, if Sarah married Jamie and Corey, obviously Jamie and Corey would get jealous, poor Sarah, whatever. We know, knowing us, we know exactly what would happen. Corey and I would become the best of friends. Sarah would get jealous and she would be the one slowly getting pushed out while Corey and I just bro out every night making short films and watching like Duplass Brothers YouTube videos. Becoming, I would be becoming gayer and gayer by the second <laughs> and I would leave you both. You would live a happy life. I'd be sad by myself trying to get a woman. <laughs> Corey and I would finally push Sarah fully over the edge. Yep. You'd like homestead with like some lovely, like I'd say like 32 to 35 year old, like woman who maybe does like Reiki and shit like that. She hates us. She hates oh, us. Oh, that yes. woman's yeah. going to straight hate us. Yeah. Sarah still like loves us and is glad our friendship was blossoming. Yeah. Her fucking woman. It, oh yeah. Hey, Can't stand I just us. like, hey, we got to get the fuck out of here. Anyway. Um, that was some fun little fan fiction. That was the saddest <laughs> fan fiction. Madeline would have been incredibly disappointed. Oh, can I also say, I didn't know how popular that fucking author was. Yeah. That we read from. I tried to warn you guys. I literally thought that that was just some crazy bullshit no. that my friend found. And then Madeline posted, she tagged us. She tagged the, uh, she was at the airport, an entire fucking table. Call and I was like, Uber. The yeah. gravy cock lady? Yeah. And then this like There's really some... famous like Christian woman I follow like got asked a question by like some like fan of hers that's like, is this against the Lord if I'm reading? Like I was like, so and I was like, that's the gravy cock lady. That is against the Lord. It's the gravy cock lady. She's uh, amazing her career that she's had. She there's movies based on her books. Really? Yeah. They're not like huge movies but yeah there's like she has like movie deals about her books wild yeah i mean i i can't be mad you find a way to make it work yeah i mean she did it when she was raising two kids and going to school full-time that I mean, rules it's pretty cool she kind of has like a little bit of a jk rowling start just yeah. a little bit different career direction well if she has a jk rowling's ending she will soon be canceled by her own fans um i you know it's I wasn't planning on talking about this and I'll go back to plugs, but for anyone who, and Corey, I, I'd love your take on this just cause you're an artist uh, and Sarah too, both of you guys. Um, the Sarah's like an actual like artist artist, but like uh, I was just so used to talking to Corey about like film stuff. Uh, see, I'm fucking up the marriage already. Um, the, I had a moment so, you know, the advice you'd give to any artist is what? Just go do the thing. Mm -hmm. Just go do it. You want to be a writer? Go write. I've given that advice so many times. You're doing something you don't want to do? Start doing something you want to do, right? Like Gravy Cock Lady is a perfect example of that. There's got, I know there's a more respectful way to do it, and we're not. We're not. Um, <clears throat> so, forever. I'm, I'm telling you guys, I'm telling all my friends, I'm telling Brandon, I'm telling my comic friends, I don't want to do comedy. Well, what would you want to do if you could do anything? I just want to be a writer. I tell people I'm a writer. I just want to be a writer. I just want to, I, I just want to write. And, uh, I think because comedy is already seen as like a cool gig, I didn't realize that I wasn't taking my own advice. If I want to be a writer, why the fuck aren't I writing? 
Why aren't I treating writing the same way that I'm treating comedy? Like how many of you listening to this show have a thing? Oh, I want to do jujitsu, but I got to do this and this. And just go do it. Because I'll tell you, I wrote consistently for the first time for two weeks and like my shit blew up. Like I started getting paid for it. I started getting like offers to do more. Uh, thousands of people read it. I think the pieces put some good out into the world. And I was like, oh, I had spent so long not taking my own advice and going, yeah, but I mean, I'm a fucking comic. I'm not a writer. And how many of you just go fucking gravy cock lady? I'm just a mom. I can't write about gravy cock. Other people are meant to write about gravy cock. I can't do it. I'd be an imposter if I wrote about gravy cock, right? But you can. Any of you can write about gravy cock. Any of you. I know we were, we were all probably thinking we should clip this, but man, it's not going to make sense out of context. Um, That's okay. We just need to <laughs> click on the show, like, and subscribe. You got to go listen to the Madeline episode. Guys, whatever. You'll figure it out. Um, but how many times have you, I mean, I, I there are things that I really want to do, but the thought of doing them and taking that leap is almost overwhelming. That's what happened to me with writing. And I think that the majority of people that want to be a writer, that want to direct, that want to be a comic... They fail before they even start. That's it. You know? And there are smart people ways. Our audience is smart, right? Um, we're no fucking... I was going to throw one of our other podcasts under the bus, but I was <laughs> like, I got to st- promote them before I can make fun of them. Um, the smart people will do the same thing in a smart person way. So people listening to this show... You guys aren't saying, oh, I'm just a fucking pussy. I'm not going to write. What do you guys say? Well, you know, I got to write. I got to wait till I have like the perfect piece because I just, when I put it out there, I want to make sure that I'm representative of my cool. Did you write the perfect piece? Did you write any piece? Nope. And that's what I was doing. I wrote a piece about, um, I wrote two pieces that are incredibly personal that could be easily featured in a giant publication some of which I have connections for could be used in a book, some of which I have connections for. And I was like, well, yeah, I just got to wait. And then once I put that piece out, then I'll start writing. But all I did was just sit on that piece. Mm-hmm. And when I told myself, just be a writer, I came up with the suicide idea. And that makes sense. Cause I mean, I, so I posted a tweet and the tweet blew up. And so I go, okay, this is resonating with people. I should write about it. Uh, It fits the New Year's thing. So I wrote about it. And then usually what I do, I mean, you guys have done this, right? You make a good tweet and it does well and you don't want to post another tweet because you don't want that tweet to be bad and you want the good one to be at the top, right? Um, So I was like, so usually what I do is I write the good piece and then I just wait uh, until I come up with something else that's brilliant. And this time I was like, hey, If you're going to be a fucking writer, be a writer. And so then that Lex Friedman debacle, which will happen, he posted a list of books he liked and essentially got canceled. (laughs) For a list of books. Yeah, and it wasn't like fucking like Mein Kampf 10 times. It was literally just like classics. It was like, I'm going to read a book a week. Orwell, The Little Prince. It was these sweet books. And all these like famous people were like, fucking loser. These are fucking high school books. What are you doing? And Lex was like, hey, guys, I was just trying to get people to read books. So I like had feelings about that. 
And I remember, hey, if you're a writer and you have feelings about something, write about it. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote about it and it did fucking great too. And I got like a ton of subscribers on Substack and my Substack's new. And so now I'm like, oh, I guess I'm a fucking writer. Like I'm a writer now. And that's all it took. So, you know, to your point, I did the same thing. And then I got out of my way and I just wrote. Um, I don't know who Tim Ferriss is quoting, but he has really good advice where he says, um, he quotes some writer, but he says this all the time, write two shitty pages a day. Yeah. So you just write two crappy pages a day yeah. and you just, you're writing and you start to become a better writer and you're not putting pressure on yourself. It is it, the best thing you can do because the hardest thing you can do is know that you're going to write something that's going to be shit. Yeah. Because no one writes a masterpiece on the first try. No. And it's so hard to know that you've got to put so much blood, sweat and tears into something knowing that it's going to suck totally sarah do you talk yourself out of that shit do i talk myself out of doing the art yeah and doing the thing um i'm a big hobbyist and i have lots of hobbies and i tell myself a lot that this doesn't need to be your new career you don't need to be a famous pole dancer a famous aerialist sure. like you can just do the best that you can even i like i see that with stand-ups all the time like stand-up can be your hobby that you do at night like still do it the best that you can and to the fullest extent to what you want to do but like it doesn't have to be your new um profession so i see that in jiu-jitsu a lot too but i have a question for you because that is such good reasonable advice but we are not good reasonable people so do you think that sometimes that's an out for you to like not take it maybe further or because you don't want to officially call yourself an artist? And so you go, that's a hobby. Yes. But that's also, <laughs> but that is also coming from someone who pursued musical theater as a legit career. And um, again, I would like to remind you, you're young enough to be on your parents' health insurance. Yes. So like you still got time. This is true. But you know, I had a whole realization and no, whatever course. other stuff, but Yes, I see. I see what you're saying. No, but it, I mean, it's so hard, right? Because the way you become great at things is you obsessed with it. But then you see some people who are like, you know, there's a 50 year old jujitsu guy. And it's like, yeah, man, he's not going to be able to train as hard as the 19 year old. Um, and so if he tries to hold himself up to that standard, he's going to quit. So like, that's where your advice is fucking great, where it's like, hey, man, just all, all you're trying to do is be better than yourself every day, no matter like what it is. But it's also really easy to talk yourself out of being great, you know, like, cause I did that for so long with writing. I'll just, I'll be a big famous comic. And then maybe when I become a famous comic, I'll get a book deal and, you know, and I'll write then, but it's like, but if I'm not happy doing comedy and I'm happy writing, why the fuck wouldn't I just write now? You can write and be funny while you write too. Exactly. And that's And then you can stand out. Exactly. But you know, we get this is an example. We get used to these patterns in our life. And the pattern is but everything I've gotten I've gotten from stand up. So go do stand up. And so then you do it, but it's also like a lot of the bad shit that's happened in my life has come from stand up. Come from my behavior as a stand up not like the art itself, you know? Um, I see writing as the 
the elementary core of all comedy. Me too. And so like stand-ups that think that they don't want to write, I'm like, you're not. Oh, the whole like I was gonna get I was gonna get stoned and riff. Yeah, the the riffing on like if you're writing on, I guess some comics can write on stage, but when I hear comics, yeah, Dave about, Chappelle and Louis C.K. Right. When I hear him talk about not writing, I'm like, okay, well, they're not ready yet. No, I mean, even like, so Dave Attell, who back in the day when he became everyone's favorite comic, he seemed like the dude who would just be drunk and like, oh, the midget and the barbiter. He is a prolific writer. Notebooks, calling comics every day. Have you heard this premise? Like, he's a craftsman. He's not a fucking drunk on stage. Then he got sober and he got better. Um, but craftsman, Doug Stanhope, total partier. Doug was the first guy who took me on the road with him. And he would watch CNN and just fucking write. Super hungover. He would, uh, we used to do a thing where, this is back in the day when like hotels would just leave a USA Today. That was like the hotel newspaper. And there was a section in USA Today with, uh, it would be like a blurb from each state so it'd be like alabama like an alligator ate a kid and then we would try to write jokes for different states not that we'd use on stage because it comes out very like jay leno like today in alabama you know um and ala ate her hey uh and so clip it just kidding um the He's a writer, man. He's a prolific writer. So yeah, I totally agree. Guys, what I'm trying to say is rate and review. You want to be a writer? Start out by writing a review on iTunes two, or Spotify. Two words. Me likey. Me likey. Uh, also, please go to YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube, youtube.com slash Jamie Kilstein. We have the videos. They work very hard on the videos, you guys. So go check out the videos. I'm so glad that we have video podcasts finally. Uh, YouTube.com slash Jamie Kilstein. Video of the show is up every Friday. You can share. You can give it the fucking thumbs up. Uh, on Instagram, when I post clips, sharing is the absolute best. Um, a ton of you guys shared the Jesus uh, Jocko clip. So thank you guys so much for that um i'm shadow banned so give a real fuck you to mark zuckerberg and like all my shit and share it um also if you want to be the captain of your city when it comes to feeding the homeless on sunday it's something we do uh right now we only have me in austin and uh brian our new member brian in phoenix so if you want to hand out sandwiches with us and 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 help some people who need it um you can do that uh also we didn't have an advice not taken but we did i did a patreon episode again i need health insurance um i again i have an ear infection uh i still can't really walk i would love health insurance if you want to help me get health insurance you can go to patreon.com slash jamie kilstein I want to do an episode a week, but I don't really know. I want to give you guys something different. And I just like, I give everything to this show. I love this show so much. So I've had some ideas. Message me on Patreon. What you would like? I was like, maybe that's a show where I have comics on and we just like shit talk and talk about politics and culture. Um, maybe the Patreon becomes more of a community. Um, Thomas, who's been a forever Patreon, suggested um, a Discord. Um, maybe we could do challenges like fitness challenges or book clubs or whatever. Um, let me know what you guys are interested in. Um, I asked on Patreon and like three of you guys wrote questions about 
wanting to kind of get your life together in midlife, like around my age. Um, so that is what I will do the Patreon episode on this week. I really like to have interaction for the Patreon episodes and, 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 and get to what you guys want to talk about. So if you're old, go to patreon.com, uh, slash Jamie Kilstein, huge shout out to new patrons, uh, bud, Bobby, Liz and Thor. So cool. So cool. Thor. Um, you guys are awesome. So thank you guys uh, very much. Okay. Where are we at time-wise, bud? I have 40. Guys, I asked Sarah to print the thing, but I made the font old man. And I thought it was like two pages. And now I have like 40 pages. Uh, where are we at time-wise? 36 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um... I feel like I've talked too much about me that we don't need to talk about the oops I fucked up again. In short, I think I'm going to be officially celibate for a year. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Let's back it up for a minute. Okay. Yeah. I need your help on this. That's a big, like. It's a lot. A lot. Am I being. Like, you just slipped up and had a, a porn binge. Yeah. So celibate, just not sleeping with another person. Correct. No, I think I'm not going to do anything. Yo, that's intense, <laughs> dude. That's a lot. Well, for 365 days. No, I'm starting technically. Uh, I'm going to backlog. I have to see when I went to see my friend who I slept with. Um, and I'm going to look at the plane ticket and I'm going to backlog it from that because that's the last girl I've slept with. So we're probably talking like October. I've already knocked out three months. Okay. Okay, cool. So it's better, right? I mean, that's better. You're what less than a third of the way there. I mean, I tweeted this either ends with me finding my wife quarter of the way there and living a ha the happy life that God intended. Okay. Or I start the next violent uprising and move out into the woods. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, either of those are scenarios that could happen. You what know, I would like to know is, is let's, why do you think do we being celibate is yeah. going to make you find your wife? Because okay. I think you have to have sex with someone in order to know if they're going to be your wife. Well, buddy, that's what I've thought my whole life. And I've had, are you married? Not yet. Same. I've had nothing but fucking like hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. So I'm trying something new. Cool. Trying something new. You're uh, going to devote a, a, an entire year to it? Well, here's why. And again, guys, once again, next week, the co-host could be the girl I'm fucking. We hey, don't know. You know what? We'll, we'll prep for it. But <laughs> I just, the fact that you went from, I don't know, I'm not sleeping too hard. Yes, I'm doing it for a year. Well, this happened with the 75 hard thing. And look, I do this a lot. I go extreme in one direction and then we're going to, we'll see. The problem with taking sex off the table, to your point, is now... I'm just searching for my fucking wife. Yeah, because you just want to get that nut. No, it's not even. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. My favorite part is that's the most confident you've ever said anything on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true, though, in a way, right? I mean, a little bit. Dude, all of my Christian friends, I'm like, how, how long did you guys know each other before you got married? They're like, two days. Yeah, two like, days. I just... She was good enough. She I got, checked some boxes. We got <laughs> married in the same bathroom that we consummated. Um, On the way but in. But also, so many of my Christian couples are friends are so happy. Yeah. Like, sincerely. 
Like, it's the least passive-aggressive argument. And again, this is all anecdotal. Like, I'm sure so many of you were raised by just miserable Christian parents. Um, like, I, 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 I'm under no illusion, right? Um, with, with every big decision, it's how you look at it. You know, because you said this the last time I brought up celibacy, and someone tweeted it. Only one person did, I was surprised, where they're like, look what happened with priests. But it's like, yeah, but also look what happens with, like, Buddhist monks mm -hmm. who are just, like, the happiest people in the world. You know what I mean? And it's also like, look what happens with like most priests. Like the institution is so fucking, it was so corrupt and, you know, gross. And we talked about it on the show. Yeah. Um, I had a great priest growing up though. I yeah. Mean, so it doesn't happen to all. That's of what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and so, so what I realized was, I don't know if I've said this on the show. I think I've said this to friends though, is I went from, I'm going to hook up fantasies to I'm going to meet oh, the woman at church who's going to bear my children fantasies. And I'm like, well, this is the same shit. Um, it's the same problem. And the problem is that me, instead of focusing on me, is focusing on a girl in some way to fill a void, uh -huh. whether it's with sex or whether it's with marriage. And for the first time in my life, dude, I broke it off with a girl and I literally said, I just have to stay on mission. What? I've never said that shit before on mission. Wow. Usually I'm just like, fill the sad hole with your vagina. Like I've never said something like that, but I will be walking through my apartment alone and look around when I'm like reading a book or look around when I'm like practicing my fucking draw with my gun or look around when I'm like getting this like awesome fucking news that I got this week. And I'm just like, dude, I want my life to be by myself right now. And the fact that it was on the table, these two girls that I almost fell into a thing with are awesome. There are a thousand percent girls that I could see myself being in a relationship with. They rule. My fucking friend, she's one of my best friends. The last girl I slept with. Fucking one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Our situations are not ready. Like, Either they're going through some stuff, either there's um, uh, just something that would prevent it being a solid. It, they would all be probably good short-term relationships and then maybe end disastrously. And so because I was like, okay, I'm just not going to sleep with anyone until I got in a relationship. I was like, ooh, is that going to make me... I'm still looking for a relationship so hard sure. when what I should be doing is being on a mission is every day. It's how do I make the podcast better? How do I help more people? How do I make myself the fucking husband and father that I want to be? How do I get in the best shape of my life? How do I, you know, the way things are going at 41, I'm going to be the most fucking way more of a fucking catch than I was at 35 or at 28, you know? Um, and the bottom line is if that, that, that girl happens to come along, four months from now, you know, one way to really find out if she's the one fuck him, fuck him, <laughs> <laughs> denounce Jesus Christ. And no is, will they wait? Yeah. You know, I, uh, celibacy doesn't mean that you can't date. That's for, that's a good point. Right. Yeah. I, 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 are, did, are, I did, I did to make an out recently. Nice. It, was, it was great. Good for you, man. It was that's great. Good. And then I, I said no sex and so, I was proud and it was still, it was lovely. 
are the boxes that you are kind of like mentally checking the boxes are we still talking about pussy we're trying to have sex with well some of them (laughs) get a box so like when you meet a woman and you're like potential you're like that box check for sure and then (laughs) we gotta change the word for box buddy (laughs) (laughs) so so when you're going through this are the things you're looking at as like precursors for this could potentially be my wife yes is it different now yes okay so how does that how has it shifted great question before I found Jesus, my criteria for who I would have sex with was, do you want to have sex with me? And do you have boobies? Post. Those are great criteria to have. Solid. Post Jesus, my criteria is, do I like you as a human being? Okay. Off to a good start. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's. You know, I think in society nowadays, we we fuck first and then we go, all right, now, well, let's see if we like each other. Right. And a lot of times people get hurt. A lot of times it works out. Look, I have a lot of like super I'm still sex positive, like sex positive friends and blah, blah, blah. Um, sometimes when you say sex positive fast, it sounds like an STD. Um, uh, I'm sex positive. Uh, the <laughs> um, but a lot of times it ends sadly. Or someone gets hurt or someone gets ghosted or whatever. And you're like, but we just said it was casual sex. It's like, yeah, but someone usually has more feelings than the other. And then you have to navigate that. And so like that is just completely off the fucking table for me. And so now. I mean, I'll tell you, this one girl who was like long distance, I really was positive. I was like, I'm going to marry this girl. And like just the timing was off a little bit. But. Essentially, like we didn't even meet. We called it off. Really? Um, I called it off. <laughs> um, and but technically we were celibate yeah. and we were talking for weeks and it was beautiful. It was some of the best conversations I've ever had in my life. It was the loudest I've laughed ever, ever. And I was sad when it didn't work out. And again, it was just a timing thing. Um, but I just feel like I'm so close, but, but, but that would be the same way if I met her here, like we actually got to know each other way better than the majority of women I've slept with Sure. just by being long distance. And then we got to know each other so well that we actually didn't have sex because it wasn't about that. You know what I mean? I could have still been like, yeah, let's just like fly down and like, we'll fuck for a weekend and see if it works. Yeah. And then it wouldn't. And then would probably be more hurt. Right. Which sucks. Um, and so I would just attempt to do that in real life and be like, we have till October. So, so what if you find that person through all of this throughout this next year. Yep. You have some personal goals on hand that you're they're working towards that are big. Yep. So you find this person you're like, "Man, this is making it so much easier." And then you have sex and it's awful. I that's what most people say. And I've said that. I've said that about like living with someone. You got to live with them first to figure out if they And yeah, the the like actual Christian way is like, "No." Um That's true. I don't, I feel like this problem sucks for women more because for guys, it's like, how can you be that awful? 
You know what I mean? Like, okay, we've already hooked up and been around each other a lot. I know, I don't think this is the biblical way to say it, but I know if that pussy stank. So like that, <laughs> uh, so like th that's, we know that. We've made out. I think kissing, I think kissing is actually really indicative of if the sex is going to be good because you're reading each other. You can like kind of hear little moans. You know when to pull the person in or not. Like this makeout sesh that I had, I can tell you flat out the sex would be incredible. You're already communicating about sex. So you'll know, I think you should communicate about it. So like if she's like super into anal and you're like super grossed out by that, that might tell you that like it's not going to work. Or if she's like, I like it really rough and you're just like, oh, I kind of am like more like the sweet whatever. Yeah. That would be something where you either go, it's not going to work or you go, well, hey, let's just communicate about it. You know, can there be times where we do it slow and sweet and then times where I just like throw you against the wall and like chances are she'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah, sure. Um, so I think communication cool. again, I'm flying blind, dude, because I I'm like just, I curious. fuck on the first date. Like, yeah. uh, you know, so I'm just curious to how because that for me, it's a, a, that's a shift. That would be a shift in my mindset as well, because, I mean, I'm the same way as you growing. I mean, it was like, yeah, if I'm into someone like. Attack, attack, not uh, attack. Not <laughs> if I'm into someone, follow, follow, track, track, find out where they live. See, fight. It's, it's hard for me because I don't like social media. So it's a lot of, right. it's a lot of person, like physical. That's so good that you're not on social media though. Like, because I was talking to my friend, Ooh, was this public or not? I was talking to one of my famous friends anonymously. It might be on his podcast um, about how, you know, feeling so high and mighty that, you're not on a dating site, but you're using Instagram as a dating site. Wow. And not only a dating site, but one where I look way cooler than Tinder. Tinder, they just know I'm short. Like, whereas like Instagram, I got a blue check, son. Like <laughs> I got famous friends who follow me. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. look cool. Um, and so that's another thing. I just want to take off the table. I don't want every time a cute girl messages me to want to go to their page to see if they're in a relationship and if this is flirting. Hmm. I just like want something to happen super naturally. And also this is going to sound really cheesy, but to your question, sleeping with someone on the first date. Sure. You find out how good the sex is on a first date. But remember when you were a kid, I mean, dude, the best sex of my life was probably when I was like 19 and it was like, we did wait. And we were in a relationship and there was months of dry humping. And then when you finally had sex, you weren't just like, oh man, I wish he was more flexible or like, you were just like, oh, I love you with everything that I am. You know what I mean? It was everything. So that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you fuck on a first date, but also I'm not going to be fucking. Let's say you have sex on a first date and it's incredible. Uh -huh. Is it still going to be that way five years from now? Nope. Is it going to be that be. way 10 years from now? It might be. No. It might be different. Kind it's going to be different. Be, yeah, but it'll be different. But it's not going to be the same anyway. Whereas if you have a foundation, and again, guys, I'm talking out of my ass. I haven't tried this. Um, this is just me like, this is me holding myself accountable. It's yeah. me holding myself accountable where the thing I've done for my entire life hasn't worked. 
So why the fuck not try something hard? Worst comes to worst, I get to write a piece called my year being celibate and yeah. fucking sell it for a couple hundred bucks and I go viral for a day. I'm excited. I think that it's not something I've ever been able to do well. It's not something that I've ever so, considered. I don't think yeah. it's anything that people have considered. I'm curious to see because I mean everything you're saying sounds very logical to me and to why like your motivation behind it makes sense to me because right. you're basically you're just trying to focus on the long-term goals, the That's picture. It. Yeah. That's it. Um, and every time I've done the other thing, you know, and like I said, the biggest thing right now is everything from this podcast to, you know, I mean, everything it's just, I'm finally for the first time in my life becoming the person. So I actually saw this advice. Ooh, this is gonna, this is gonna hit, this is gonna hit a lot of people. So, um, my buddy is this big fighter and he sent me this, um, this Instagram preacher guy, it's like cool black guy. Um, and, uh, he goes, he's like, God's always put the right person in front of me. And his example was he didn't have a dad growing up. Um, but looking back, even though he was really upset, looking back, he had a lot of really strong male role models come into his life. Now I couldn't really relate to that. And I was like, Oh, that's a cool clip. But then I realized anyone who's been listening to the show, you guys who are my friends, what has happened to me? What's happened to me this last month, two months, three months, four months, I've been desperately looking for a girl and God has kept putting male role models in my life. So what's the lesson there? The lesson there is stop wasting your time looking for a girl. You literally have people you have looked up to for years coming and they want to help me with my faith, with my fighting, with my manhood, with teaching me how to be a parent, with teaching me how to be a teacher, all this stuff. Um, I focus on that and I build myself up to be the ultimate version of me. Dude, I'm going to find a girl doper than I've ever imagined. Cause before so much of my settling or ignoring red flags or whatever, um, has had to do with Every time a girl wanted to sleep with me, I would think it was a mistake. I would be like, I need to act on this now before she realizes it's me and she changes her mind, which sounds funny, but it's sincerely how I felt. And that's very sad. You know, like it doesn't matter how many hot girls I've had sex with every time I'm like, it's a mistake. And then every time there's a new one, I go, uh, are you here looking for somebody else? Like. And I feel like some stand in in a fucking like 90s, like shallow how movie. Um, and so now it's like, why don't we build our, myself up? So I go, fuck, yeah, I deserve a 10. Not I want a 10, but like I deserve it because of the kind of husband I can be or the kind of boyfriend I can be. You know what I mean? Give me that 10 box. I think it's going to be easier for you to find a, a 10 box because I think a, what a 10 is to you now is less superficial and more humanizing. Yeah. Like what you're looking for in a 10 now is is way better than the college boy outlook on totally. It, you know? Yeah. All right, guys, slide into my DMs if you want to fuck. Um from Brian, let's get to the AA segment. Uh guys, look, 
Our AA segment, our audience advice segment, it's brought to you by Logcast. If you want to support this show, you can go download Logcast right now for free. Just go into your app store on your iPhone, download Logcast, join the Jamie Kilstein uh, circle, and leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. We are not going to play. Uh, we have a couple right now. Um, you guys, while I appreciate you so much leaving a message and supporting our sponsor, Logcast, these messages are so long. <laughs> I haven't listened to them yet. They could be great. I have been told by the team. They're, guys, one six, <laughs> six minutes. When you do stand up for the first time, your first entire set is three minutes. You have done like a Dave Chappelle-esque drop-in spot on Logcast. Someone will like that analogy. Um, it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to edit them a little bit. Um, and we're going to, we're still planning on doing an entire log cast episode. Um, I'm talking to Dr. Drew about coming in January. Duncan Trussell and I are going meditating uh, together. So I'm going to try to <laughs> lock him in while he's all blissed out. Um, so we're still going to have really cool co-hosts. Madeline is on a asylum retreat. Um, she's going to come back on the show and we're going to read more gravy cock stuff. And I, I want to ask her about this retreat. Um, I've started meditating again. Um, oh, I also really want to do a culture section. Okay. Um, with you guys in particular, like I just started watching the bear. Have you it's, watched it yet? It's a great show. It's a brilliant show. I have this thing. Here's how I, here's how I work with TV shows. I will hear about a show that everyone likes. I immediately get resentful. I look for one negative tweet about it. And I go, that guy's probably right. This shit's overrated. <sighs> I'm mad. I didn't write it. Every time I hear about it, I go, oh, those fucking sheep who watch the fucking bear. Then roughly six months too late, I watch it. I go, this is incredible. But then because it took me so long to watch, nobody wants to talk to me about it. So I really like just fucked myself. So now Jim Gaffigan had that old bit where he's like, when you want to talk about a movie that was like, he's like, hey, you guys want to talk about heat? And his friend's like, I saw Heat 10 years ago. He's like, but I want to talk about it now. Um, that's how I feel about the bear. Um, I'm only two episodes in. So good. Dude. It's, uh, it's it's great the way that it hits on like the psychological warfare that you go through working in a kitchen. Yeah. It's, it's a brilliant show. And it's just captivating. I mean, by the second episode, they made the most hated character. Like, I haven't hated a character so much in a pilot that I'm like, that guy needs to be gone. Like, just fire him. Like, the cousin. Like, just get him the fuck out. And then the second episode, one, comes out with the gun. Then two, has a conversation with his kid. Yeah. And you just go, I've, I'm so emotionally invested. You have just made me flip like this. Also, the music choices... Like gritty Counting Crows. I forgot Counting Crows had some gritty songs. Uh, the pilot ended with my favorite fucking Pearl Jam song, Animal. Again, just like super grungy. Like, fuck, man. It's Maddie Matheson is in that show and he is plays a chef. Like he plays a, a guy that wants to work at the restaurant. Okay. Um, you might see him. I think he comes in partially in episode one but he's brilliant in that show too joel McHale is in that show too really yeah he's uh he's he's like the head chef at the restaurant that's supposed to be like alinea in chicago which is like just the height uh three michelin stars oh um, my god 
but yet he like does not play he, it's a character he does not play himself at all and i was like who the heck is oh my god that's joel McHale. wait was it the guy who was like yelling at him yeah oh <gasps> that's joel fucking McHale. i think so damn yeah. dude holy shit and that's oliver platt too right uh as like the yeah yeah that's a i mean anything fx if fx puts it out you can the writing's gonna be but solid. isn't it wild that like i literally saw one tweet that now that i think about it doesn't even make sense like someone was like yeah i saw this when shameless did it and i was like all right well i watched shameless and then this is brilliant shameless was also good yeah. i know i should have been like yeah I, I don't know i thought it was gonna be like i don't know i thought it was gonna be like an always sunny like i thought it was gonna it was like described like it was gonna be like some edgy comedy and not a comedy at all really no. i mean there's like some funny moments but for the most part i mean it is like shame, shameless in a kitchen it's brutal yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's like burden ramsey had a love child with shameless it's so good okay yeah. so that's my show that no one wants to talk about um anymore um i'm gonna read some emails from you guys um we'll do Lawcast. if you want to be featured on the Lawcast episode please go download it download it anyway just to support the show and you never have to look at it you know they don't know. Um, go download Lawcast, support them. Uh, go to the Jamie Kilstein Circle, leave us a voice memo. We will edit these. Try to leave them at like two minutes. Um, look, I'm not concise, guys. This show's been fucking all over the place. Um, oh no, this email's so long too. It's fine. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is from new patron Brian. He goes, really appreciate what you, Corey, and Sarah are doing. By the way, nothing makes my heart happier than when they address you guys um i'm so glad you made fun of me in the front row when you opened for dave smith um i i wish i remembered who that was uh, i never would have discovered the show if you hadn't had jokes that involved commentary on the audience i was a former professional chef oh do you watch the bear brian will you talk to me <laughs> everyone already watched it will you talk to me about the bear you should watch the bear um in la chasing awards and tv appearances during those years i had no self-worth and abused drugs oh my god this guy's me all stemmed from proving to my family that i was good enough and not a failure Oh boy. Um, is this Jamie from the past? Luckily I got out of the kitchen, got heavy into personal development, plant medicines, men's retreats, and breath work and meditation. Good work. You probably made more money as a famous chef than I did as an almost famous problematic comedian. I can't afford those things. So I just had a fan send me mushrooms and I went out into the desert by myself, but you know, all good. Uh, and YouTube breathwork. Um, I've been working through past trauma and societal programming. I even started a small nonprofit in Phoenix to help other restaurant professionals with mental health and substance abuse. God, that's what I want to do with jujitsu. Uh, it's been a difficult path yet. I wouldn't trade any of it for an easier life with all that transformation and work. I'm still human. I have days where I think I'm not doing enough or how can I help others in a new way? Almost an overcorrection. Yeah. So that's what I'm going through. We've talked about this with like the dog, with all that stuff. Um, that's why I enjoy listening in. You share your struggles and they are relatable. Being too hard on ourselves, even as we help others and become more self-aware. A reminder to give ourselves some grace. Take a step back and just be present to what we are accomplishing. Maybe it gets easier, question mark, as we learn and grow, question mark, or is it all just part of the human experience journey? Any tips on things you do when you notice you're being too hard on yourself? things to implement to better celebrate the efforts you're putting in thank you for what you're doing keep it going as we need more people with broader platforms having deep conversations like advice not taken this is so good and such an example of like i skimmed it and i only read the questions at the end because i don't read compliments and i missed all of this dude's like incredible story um do you guys have thoughts first 
on because I'm struggling with this. Uh, I My think advice I have, would be very different from yours. Probably. What's yours? Uh, when I feel like I'm lacking self-awareness or lacking the ability to kind of like compliment myself or, or I get really high. I smoke weed. Great. Great. I take a moment to smoke weed yep. and, and appreciate myself because it makes me more of a loving person. Well, this guy's a former drug addict, so let's not do that. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Um, Cook food. I would... <laughs> I <laughs> uh, uh, cook food and give it to your stone friend Corey. It's the same thing. You, I'll smoke the weed. You cook the food. No, but actually, I mean, the end of what you said was great. Um, and by the way, if I were to give you preachy advice, I'd say you should find a way to find that happiness uh, without without weed. Um, but like, I, I I take a walk. It, you have to do something to what weed and the walk have in common, dude. This is Tony Robbins' advice. As silly as this as that man can be before you do the brain work, the like logical dude, I know I'm doing well. Why the fuck am I doing this? You have to, Tony Robbins says you change your state, which essentially means you change your physiology. You with weed with me, it's going on a walk. It's going on a walk and putting my phone away and like looking at the sky and looking at nature. And like, I feel like I'm on drugs when I do that. Um, it very much changes my state. It could be going to the gym, getting those endorphins. It could be bl blasting music and singing along at your house. It could be playing guitar. It could be just anything. It could be laughing, watching a comedy, anything that's going to change your state. You have to, when you're in any kind of spiral, you have to change your state first. If you're just sitting there scrolling on your phone, this is what happened to me the day that I like looked at my phone too early. And I, I literally was saying to myself, Bro, it was like I was in a horror movie. I was like, just get up. And I was like, wait, I'm just going to check Twitter one more time. And then I'll be like, what are you doing? Get up. And I literally had to throw my fucking phone on the couch. And I just went for a walk. I just closed the door, locked the door. Got outside. Took a deep breath. And I was just like, Jesus, what were you doing, man? And like immediately felt better. Once I changed my state, I could go... Then you just literally just, you can just state the facts and you can go, Hey man, you're doing a lot. Like, let's make sure we don't get burnt out so that we don't stop doing, you know, what I realized was I was trying to do so much. I was starting to resent the people I was helping. You know, I think I said that on the show with like the dogs, I got like mad at the homeless people and it's like, okay, that means we're doing too much. Right. Um, I say this to my codependent friends or people pleaser friends or, um, people who give too much in relationships, it's like, it always backfires. If you actually want to be a giving person, if you actually are a people pleaser, quote unquote, and you're doing it because you want to help people, not because you want to feel good about yourself, then you have to, uh, rein it the fuck in and you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. I think it's important as well. I've always needed to have like a person or two that I trust close to me that I can call when I'm, cause it's very, I'm that's huge. Very aware when I'm being super negative on myself. And oftentimes it's like, I can't really control it. It snowballs to a point where like you need to have someone else kind of step in. And um, by the way, good for fucking you. You need to be brave enough, especially as a man to be able to call someone and go, Hey bro, can you just tell me I'm doing okay? Yeah. I and that's not weak. It's weak to fucking hide it and then take it out on like someone else. Yeah. But it's not weak to be like, dude, I'm doing okay, right? 
Yeah. And like, get, you know, I think that's really important. Um, that's great advice. And then one of my resolutions was not just to read the uh, fuck you cuck emails. So I got some other really just sweet things that I wanted to shout out. Um, Kaylee wrote in and said, I just wanted to say hi and that I appreciate your story and your posts. Uh, I first saw you on the blaze conservative place. Um, I'm in my 40s as well. And I know what it's like to be depressed and to come out of it. Uh, keep doing your thing and know that you are an inspiration to people far away that you will never meet the reason i'm reading that one isn't to hype myself as much as i skimmed the email and just went oh it's positive and then i moved on and then i went back to read it because i go dude why are you just looking for negative shit and this is what i always do i've missed probably thousands of your guys emails by just going oh that's nice whatever um and this is for all of us this is for the entire team Know that you are an inspiration to people far away and that you will never meet. Like, if that isn't the coolest fucking thing, that's my reminder that I'm doing okay. Where it's like, yeah, man, like, people from around the world can hear this show. That's crazy. Because to us, we're going to turn off the mics. And my voice is going to hurt. You're going to be like, what should we do for clips? I'm going to be like, I don't really think I was that good. So I don't know. Something. Kid or Sarah will say, oh, well, what about like the box thing was kind of funny. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's fine. You know what I mean? And then we'll leave instead of you are an inspiration to people far away that you will never meet. That's just like the dopest thing that I just like want the team to like internalize. Um, Brian, similar, man. I got these in a row. Uh, Brian goes, so last year I messaged you about how you post things right when I need to see them. I just want you to know that a post last year talked me out of quitting something before I started. This is what we were talking about earlier. Uh, and despite many times wanting to quit, I am now almost exactly a year later from that message, starting my new career and job as a software developer. So thank you for being a positive influence in me, not giving up on my dreams. That's fucking crazy. Just because some post, I have no fucking idea what it was. Like, that's nuts. And I'll, again, I'll hate myself when I see the numbers. I'll hate myself that the show isn't bigger. And like, dude's living his dreams. Right? And now that will inspire me, by the way. So it gets to come back. This is why, guys, here's another piece of advice. Not to the depressed people. Shout out your friends. Tell your friends when they're killing it. Um, I'll call friends of mine sometimes just to say like, I'm proud of you. Or like, I saw my friend was getting a lot of heat on Twitter today because he was posting that like the NFL should like shut shit down until there's an investigation. Um, and he was getting such backlash and I just texted him and I was like, I just want you to know you're like a good man. And he was like, you're a good man too. And we both needed that. And it was just like, that's it. That's all you have to do. Text your homies and tell them they're great. Um, so anyway, thank you for that. Um, that's just so fucking cool. Uh, and then the last one, uh, James said, I really want to appreciate you guys putting your thoughts out there. You have a platform that reaches so many people looking for faith and hope I've been there and it sucks more than anything physically and mentally. Um, but this too shall pass was something I always remember my dad telling me in hard times. He's right. God has a plan. Keep staying alive in 2023 and keep blazing the trail in front of you. Um, so thank you, James. Thank you to everybody. Um, who wrote in, who writes in, um, my Instagram is a shitstorm. The best way to write is you can write to the best way, Logcast. 
on the App Store. Second best way, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jamie Kilstein. Third best way, uh, give it to my future wife and have her deliver it to me. Uh, fourth best way, Jamie Kilstein podcast at gmail.com. And again, thank you to the new patrons. One more time, Bud, Bobby, Liz, Thor. I might be dead without you guys. Uh, so please go join Patreon. I'm going to do another solo episode this week. So if you want to get two episodes a week, you can join the Patreon. If you want to read my writing, you can subscribe at jamiekilstein.substack.com. If you want more podcasts like this, follow Big Laugh Comedy on Instagram. They also put on literally the best stand-up shows in Austin, Texas. Um, oftentimes I'm a part of them. I'm going to be a part of a big one coming up that I can't even announce yet. Um, and uh, so you can follow them if you're in the Austin area. That's who you, everyone writes me who's like, I'm going to be in Austin for a week. Big Laugh Comedy. Those are the shows. That's where you should go. Um, I think that's it. That's all we're plugging, right? Cool. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please spread the word about the show. Send it directly to a friend. That's the best way. Blast it out on social media. Um, and we'll see you next week. Aloha, y'all.